What's going on, everybody? It's Chris Honorado. It's Sean Bagnardi. It's Honorado and Bagnardi on the News Channel 13 Facebook and Twitter pages, as well as on my four. Bags a lot to get to here with the NFL, with Major League Baseball, with the NBA. We've talked about how it's such a great time to be a sports fan this particular time of year. I texted some of my buddies from college like, man, the euphoria from the Braves couldn't last more than 24 hours before I was knocked down by some by some Packers news. Okay, but come on. That's not knocking down the euphoria from a championship. I mean, you got to savor this thing. Congratulations. Your team has done it again in your lifetime, but it has been a long time, a long time, 1995 since the last title. And now you're on the mountaintop, man. What does that feel like when you're starting to build that lead in game six? I mean, of course, you know, anything's possible. That is the best. And I'll get into it, but, but, the way the Braves won in that game in particular is the best possible way, in my opinion, to win a title. It's better than a walk-off or something dramatic coming at the end of a game where you're biting your nails the entire time. It is the best way to win a championship. We'll get to the Braves and Ian Anderson winning a title. We'll get to what's going on in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and not being vaccinated and popping a positive COVID test and now missing one of the biggest games, most anticipated games on the NFL calendar, okay, in 2021. We'll get into an NBA super team or teams that are in real trouble. And, of course, we've got our NFL pick and presented by Pick 6 Vodka. It's all coming up on Honorado and Bagnardi. Let's go, Shawnee. This is Honorado and Bagnardi, brought to you by Outfit House. All right, Bags, we're going to start with the NFL as we come up on an NFL weekend here. We'll ping pong back and forth a little bit as we also break down the World Series before our our pick six uh, presented by Pick Six Vodka. When I heard the news yesterday, I thought, boy, that Aaron Rodgers is positive with COVID. What a tough break but obviously yeah. there's something going on in that organization because Devontae Adams had it then Alan Lazard who's unvaccinated was just a close contact but because he's unvaccinated different protocols and then you had some coaches pop a positive the defensive coordinator Joe Barry missed the game because he and I thought man clearly even if you're vaxxed you can get this thing and it sure. can potentially ruin your season And then what did we find out not even 10 minutes later? Aaron Rodgers, by all accounts, he hasn't said it, is unvaccinated. Yeah. And let me get this out of the way first before people lose their minds that there's some political agenda here. I don't care if you get the shot or not. Do not care. It is up to you. It's a personal choice. Fine. If you have a reason you don't want to get the vaccine, don't. But if you're not going to get the vaccine and you are part of a team you want to be a good teammate, then you have to take all of the other necessary precautions like wearing a mask to stay on the field for your team. I don't care. Look, people are like, I hope he's healthy. Fine. Yes, we want him to be healthy. But I'm not not here to rail on Aaron Rodgers hoping he's healthy. I'm here like, 
dude, you've got 52 other guys that dress every Sunday who are counting on you being available and playing at your best. Part of that comes along with one, either being vaccinated or doing everything you can in your power to avoid getting COVID. That means wearing a mask on the sideline. It means wearing a mask during press conference bags. And it means not going to Halloween parties dressed as John Wick again without do that anyway. the mask. That, yeah. that is the number one thing that hit me was now I think you're just being a bad teammate. Okay. Does the bad teammate element of it really surprise you though? I mean, look, we know he is a he is a leader on the field. And we know he is one of, if not the best quarterback in the league, right? But Aaron Rodgers has put Aaron Rodgers first. This is very similar. Welcome to the club, by the way, the Kyrie Irving club. I'm starting to wonder if Aaron Rodgers thinks the world is flat also. Um, he, might. He, might. he might. This is this is another thing here where I look at it and I say, we've seen this before. This is right in line with character with Aaron Rodgers, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's too similar sounding. Yes. yes. He's starting to feel to me like a complete clown of a guy. He really is. And we know so when he answered the question right from the reporter in Green Bay about is he vaccinated? This is back yeah, in August. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm immunized against the virus because he's taking some homeopathic treatment or something. This is somebody else who who thinks he knows better, right? I don't know why why he thinks that. Did he did he read something online? Is he whatever? I don't know. Is he a doctor? No. Is no. he a scientist? No. no. So he He's doesn't. A Buddhist. He's a Buddhist. He doesn't know better. Yeah. And a part of what's really frustrating about this pandemic to me is that a lot of the people who are up in arms about how it's continuing to drag on and on are the people who could have helped end it sooner by getting vaccinated and choose not to. So, look, I don't need to make it a political thing either, but you're right. This is this is about him just being a bad teammate, no matter how you look at it. And I agree with you. I hope he is healthy. But if he isn't, it's his own fault because he didn't get vaccinated. Andrew Wiggins of the Golden State Warriors didn't want to get the vaccine. And his teammates didn't, didn't bust on him about it. But it was like, hey, man, if you want to be part of this team – um, you got to get vaxxed because you can't play home games in our arena in in Northern California. So what did Andrew Wiggins do? He got the vaccine because he wanted to play, because he wanted to be a good teammate. Right. Kyrie Irving's not a good teammate. We know that. He's made, he's made the, the personal choice to just say, you know what, I'm not comfortable. Fine. We, we've and I said in the newsroom too, I'm like. Man, Aaron Rodgers, you don't want to get the vaccine. Opt out. Opt out. Don't put us in a position now as a team where we're seven and one. We've won seven straight games. Home field really matters at Lambeau. That's an important a distinction right. when it comes to the postseason. Now you're telling me you're not going to have him against Kansas City. Could be no. a loss. And you're telling me you may not have him next week because he may not test negative quickly enough to get back on the field for right. Seattle. You could be seven and three. And oh, by the way, on top of that, the league, I think, would be well within, they won't do this, but would be well within bounds to suspend him. And now maybe you're missing more than just the one or two games. This this is what bothers me is it just feels 
too selfish. I get it. We're all selfish to a degree. This one just feels too selfish that, you know what, not going to get the shot. And oh, by the way, I'm not even going to do any of the NFL protocol stuff that an unvaccinated player would have to do. Yeah. To me, this is what this guy does, though. You know, it's just it's in line with Aaron Rodgers, who I don't think is a good teammate. And it's frustrating because, to your point, you said what I was going to say. Home field advantage is critical. So, yes, you can have a good record and maybe afford to lose a game or two and, of course, still make the playoffs, as this team will. But if now you're playing – first of all, you, you could be in line for the one seed, which means you get the bye, which would be the most important. Right. But then, wait a minute. If you don't get that, let's go down the line. Uh, home advantage in a game. That's critical. That that could absolutely be the difference in football above any other sport, whether or not the Packers get to play a game in December or, or January at Lambeau versus where else? Anywhere. I mean, you don't want to go anywhere else. You want to go at the Rams? You want to go at the Bucks? I mean, those those two examples right there, your odds of winning that game drop significantly if you're the Packers. I'm not going to – yeah, look, I'm not going to ignore the elephant of the room. I love that people want to chime in here. I get I get the powder keg that vaccines often become, but let's just address some of the stuff here, okay? Here's uh-huh. Stephanie. Do you guys have lives? No, we don't have lives. We're doing a podcast, okay, talking about sports. Do we have lives? Of course not. Look at us. Uh, being vaccinated, you can still get it. Yeah, take the vaccines. Okay, we know you can still get it, and that was my immediate assumption was what a tough break. Man, this really sucks because – because I assume he's vaccinated because he kind of told us he is. And then I thought Devonte Adams is vaxxed too. And he got it. And so what a tough break, but then it comes out that he isn't okay. Nikki, you say no vaccine mandates. I'm with you, but you know what? You want to be a good teammate, go around the facility in a mask, be in meetings, meeting rooms with a mask, all in the effort bags mm-hmm. to just stay on the field. So you can win games. That's it. It, the the argument to me, I've seen this one a lot too. That, you know, th- there are breakthrough cases, so you can get the vaccine and still get it. So why get it? Well, wait a minute. I get it? How does that make sense? If if you're going to be up to ninety percent, let's say it's only seventy five percent chance that it's going to protect you versus zero percent. Okay, then there's still that twenty five percent chance. So yeah, you can still, but wouldn't you want that seventy five percent protection? But again, that's that's getting into the, the debate over vaccines, which isn't why we're here. But the, the issue is with Aaron Rodgers, for me, is he a good teammate? No, clearly he isn't. And it's not solely because he's not vaccinated. In my personal opinion, he should be vaccinated. And if he's not vaccinated, like you said, he should absolutely be taking all the necessary steps. But the problem is with the pandemic, these two things go hand in hand. The people who don't want to get vaccinated seem to care the least about protecting others anyway. So they're not going to then go and take those other steps to protect themselves and to protect others because they don't care. They're just ignorant. They don't they they want no part of it. And those are the people, ironically enough, who continue to make this thing drag on and continue to have to make us all deal with those things that they don't want to have to deal with. Here's the big issue here. And look, Devontae Adams, who, again, the wide receiver of the Packers, is vaccinated. Um, he he couldn't get back on the field quickly enough because they were playing a Thursday night game in Arizona. He had the opportunity. I'm vaxxed. I can test out of this thing if I get two negatives within 24 hours or 24 hours apart. 
There just wasn't enough time between his positive on Monday game in Arizona on Thursday. But here's the deal with the NFL and why it was quickly apparent that Rodgers was not vaccinated because the Packers immediately said, well, Jordan Love's going to start in Kansas City. The positive test came Wednesday morning. If he were vaccinated, he would have had enough time, presumably, to get two negatives 24 hours apart. But the Packers immediately said, going to be Love, because they knew. They knew he now has to play by the rules of an unvaccinated player, which is a mandatory 10-day quarantine. It doesn't matter if you're asymptomatic. It doesn't matter if you have eight straight days of negative testing bags. It is a mandatory 10-day quarantine, which now puts him on the clock for week 10. Forget the Kansas City game. Can he play against Seattle? And if he can, he's going to have to get to the facility at the earliest next Saturday, maybe Friday night. They'll they'll figure out that distinction, but but basically you're gonna say you haven't been with us all week, two weeks now. You haven't practiced. Go play the Seahawks. Can he do that? Of course. I said to one of our producers in the newsroom, if they said you can't you can't be with the team up until kickoff, I'd still have him on the sideline ready to go. Yeah. So how how culpable are the Packers in this? Do you think? In my opinion, not at all, because Aaron Rodgers. Um, approach the league preseason. Hey, I'm doing these other things. Does this put, does this put me in the category of vaccinated? And the league said no. So, if the league is watching these games and they see him on the sideline without a mask, if if the league is watching these press conferences and he's holding them in person without a mask, then he should be fined every week. But if they're not doing, if the league isn't doing it, then the Packers, like at this point, hey, everything's done out in the open. Goodell, you see it. So don't don't now hold me accountable when everything is done out in public and out in the open that you can see and you know his vaccination status. This is on the league now. But don't you think that then so the Packers then knew or continue to know his vaccination status, right? Yes, of course. So don't they have then some responsibility after everything that they see going on as well to say, you can't, what are you doing? You can't do this. Do you know management in other walks of life that allow certain people to get away with more than others? Yeah. You ever I'm heard of something like that? that. Yeah. You, ever, you ever heard about preferential treatment? You ever uh-huh. heard about people walking all over management and they refuse to do something about it? This is a star player. Right. Who so then when this happens... I hold them responsible too, to some degree. Okay, fine, fine. I'm just explaining to you why maybe <laughs> the Packers didn't do what we kind of pre- assume they should have done here. That's all. Right. And now, again, from the sports perspective, we got a lot of people commenting on, on non-sports related things. And I get it because, look, these two things are tied together now. So we have yep. to talk about it, right? Or at least we feel like we should, especially since it's your team, the Green Bay Packers. And one of the best players – in all of sports. Correct. That's right. it's that second part of the of the yeah. sentence bags. It's one of the best players in all of sports. Right. Uh but again, these things now are intertwined, so we do feel compelled to talk about them. And and bigger than the vaccine stuff if you want to look at it just from the sports perspective here. This is this is a major major issue for the Packers moving forward. And Jordan Love is serviceable and I'm not saying they can't go out and still win these games, but if they don't and if it can circle back to the fact that they didn't have Aaron Rodgers, and this and this goes beyond one game, and maybe it becomes two games for them, and all of a sudden we're we're looking back in the playoffs, and this team is going on the road when maybe they didn't have to, 
or maybe they're playing a game in that first weekend of the playoffs when they didn't have to. I mean, that's that from the sports perspective is the biggest deal here for the Packers is that 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 could be a much different scenario yep. in determining whether or not they get to the Super Bowl. Yep, Adams, Cowboys guy. Yeah, Zach Martin's positive was a tough one, uh, and they were obviously very much in that week one. Let game. me ask you this here. I know we're we're getting long on this segment, but Go ahead. is this is this all worth it for you as a Packers fan? Let's say, and, and obviously hindsight is always going to be 2020, but let's say now they wind up losing in the playoffs because they do have to go on the road after losing a game or two without Aaron Rodgers. You're going to tell me I'm going to feel better about Rodgers not being on this team next year? Is that what you're going to tell me? Well, what I'm asking is, is this all worth it? Remember remember in the preseason when, it was, when you were going nuts about whether or not this guy was going to stick around? Yeah. Well, if he sticks around and now it still costs you down the road – is this all worth it for you to deal with this clown of a guy who, who thinks he knows better? A guy uh, there, there, are, there are Kyrie comparisons here, man. I'm, I'm welcoming you into this crazy club. Is it all worth it? Because for me, with Kyrie right now, it's not worth it. And then it's obviously a little bit of, different of a scenario. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about the only guy, the, the main guy on that team yeah. versus a team where I have other superstars in Brooklyn, but. If it were Durant, it would be a better comp. Okay, right. It would be. You're right. So it is worth it for you. Yes. It, look. He's really good. He's really good. We're, we're going to pick this game later in our in our pick six pick them. Um, but I don't I don't count the Packers out on Sunday with Jordan Love. And and how about a, you want a conspiracy theory? How about a, how about a conspiracy theory? Uh, Packers know what's going on with his vaccination status. They put him around people who aren't vaccinated. Let's find a spot in the season where he's forced to miss a game and Jordan Love takes over. Let's see what we got. Come on. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Look, I'm, I was really looking forward to this game because it's Packers Chiefs because it was Rodgers Mahomes. I might be more interested now because it's my first real look at Jordan Love. Okay. And, maybe, I mean, the Chief, I'm less interested in this game just on the whole, you know, than I would have been. We have it circled in the preseason, but now, you know, the Chiefs are are not uh, firing on all cylinders to say no, the least. So this game no, is certainly less exciting already. But now I'm talking about a primetime game where I don't get that Mahomes Rogers matchup. Yeah, for you, you're a Packers guy, and you yeah. want to see your backup. I think nationally, the interest level just went way down. Yeah, probably. Um, all right. Braves won the World Series. Let me oh, talk yeah. about something positive. Uh, I want to get your thoughts as a Mets fan. How does it rub you? Uh, and we'll talk about what our guy Ian Anderson did on the mound game three, which was a huge game in a series that was tied 1-1 and really gave Atlanta some momentum at home. Our Shen grad and helping the Braves win a World Series for the first time in 26 years. We're doing that next right here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Hey folks, DJ with Professional Fire Restoration, and we've been turning crisis into calm for a half a century. Imagine waking up one morning and having your house on fire. Nobody ever thinks it can happen to them, but it happened to my family. The first thing I did was call Professional Fire Restoration. From start to finish, DJ was there every step of the way. Thank God I made the right call. They turned crisis into calm for my family. What only the best will do, you know who to call. Professional 
teams, athletes, organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through product and purpose. Claim your crown. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. All right, I made the point in the what we call a cold open of a show, Bags, that watching game six and the way the Braves won the title that way is really the best way possible to see your team win a championship. You made basically the same face you just made to me. And I told someone else in passing, like, yeah, it's better than a walk-off. It's better than something dramatic. It's better than that kind of satisfying feeling in in just the, the heat of the moment. And I say that because the way Max Fried was pitching, well, first of all, I wasn't confident. I I liked the pitchers that Atlanta had lined up, but I thought going back to Houston, game six and seven, this is this just isn't gonna end well. I've seen this movie way too many times, especially with the Braves in the World Series. I wasn't exactly confident. Well, and also but, the way you blew game five. You really correct. felt you had your chance. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Good point. So, but Max Fried is pitching really well. And then Solaire hits that home run and it's three-nothing. And even then I felt like three might be enough, but if we can get to five. I'll feel really good. Not only do they get to five, they get to seven. And it was early enough where it's five, nothing, six, nothing. And you've got four or five innings left to just kind of sit back and savor it. It wasn't like yeah. I was stressed out in that game early. Yes. But really for the 90% of it, I wasn't super stressed and you could just kind of savor the season, the ridiculous August and September they had beating a 106 win Dodgers team beating then the Houston Astros as well. And I thought this is the way championships should be experienced by all fans to have that one game at the end where you just don't have to stress about it. Give me the walk-offs early, but let me have that one moment at the end where I can really just say, Hey, this is now just fun to watch. I get that. And that's a good point. As a sports fan, it's certainly always easier to have that feeling of relaxation like this game is in hand. That is a good feeling to have. And I can imagine that is a magnified feeling when you are in what would be a deciding game of a championship. And also the fact that you, yes, you want to win, but you want to dominate too. I mean, the fact that you can look back on that game and be like, yeah, we really you know, we owned that team in that particular game. That's something that's great too. And you want to remember dominance, but I mean, come on, what's better overall. When you, when you go back and you think about the greatest sports moments, they are singular moments. You do go back and remember games and remember, wow, that was such a great series. But oftentimes, even in a great series, it stands out because of the the moments within each of those games and you remember the series by just one two or three big moments and I'm not telling you game six will be incredibly memorable 
Uh, no, I mean the Solaire home the Solaire home run was an absolute bomb. But but yeah. it's but it is boosted by this. The Solaire home run was an absolute bomb. Freeman also homered. That was an important moment that the face of this franchise for so long, he got a home run in the World Series clinching game, as inconsequential as it was because of when yeah. it came in the game. Still, he had a big moment in that game. So I'll remember that. Um I still remember game six of the 95 World Series more. Why? Because it was a one-nothing game and Glavin threw eight one-hit innings, shutout ball, and the only run was a David Justice solo homer. Like I think I still, when I'm, you know, about to die, which who knows when that might be, I still write, might remember game six and 95 more than game six of 21, if that makes sense. I understand that. I, I just want you to, I think you're being a little bit a prisoner of the moment of coming off that that feeling that you had in the last few innings of that game. No, I, I want if we for a walk sitting off. here. If we were sitting here two days after a walk-off, I mean it wouldn't be a walk-off for you guys, but right. you know, a a dramatic ninth inning comeback, a diving catch to end the game to save you from what would have been a loss. I mean we you were talking about that as you're standing on your chair right now. That was the best way you could ever win a World Series, a play like that that people will remember forever and be rolled in highlights from now until the end of time. Yeah. Right? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> you were going to ask me about my feeling as a Mets fan, right? Well, so yeah. So the J-Man says congratulations. Sam is saying we got to get Ian on the show soon. Yes, indeed. We will have Ian uh, Anderson on the show soon. He was terrific in Game 3, which – which obviously was a big uh, a big deal for uh, the Braves. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's a good comment from Nick. Here's a cool for Joe Buck. Say it could have been Freeman's last at bat in a Braves uniform. Kind of puts a damper on it. I don't think so. I, in in that moment, I didn't mind it. I did respect that on the field post game. Ken Rosenthal didn't ask Freeman about his future. Like just won a World Series. He's been through some really bad years in Atlanta in terms of wins and losses. Uh, let him have the moment and worry about free agency later. But Buck, in in what was a big moment, I think to put it in context, yeah. was was good. I thought. Yeah, it didn't bother did. me as a Braves fan. I'm a Braves fan. It didn't bother me. No, well, it's hard to be bothered when you're just when you're up seven nothing in a deciding game too. But yeah, I didn't have a problem with it either. So as a Mets fan, yeah. Um. It's hard to see the Braves win, but as I told you heading into this series, I know I find this hard to believe. I was rooting for the Braves, and it was more about it was Houston. more about rooting against the Astros, as we talked about. But even if that's the case, they're playing the Braves, so there are only the two teams, and that by default means I'm rooting for the Braves. And I was rooting for you, and of course, rooting for Ian Anderson, our local guy. Now, I if we get Ian on the show, the biggest question I want to ask him. And I know what his answer will be, but I wonder what the truth would be because they might not be the same thing. Was a little part of you, a little part of you rooting for a game seven because you're talking about really, I don't want to say cementing a legacy type of thing. He's so early in his career, but you talk about a defining game, a defining moment in your career. I mean, he arguably had the chance to be the MVP of the series, yep. depending on how things could have gone in game six if you go out and lay an egg. And then he pitches great in game seven. Yep. Um, I wonder if a little part of him, you're not actively rooting against your team. You want to no. win that whole series. No, and he and Max are buddies. But but let me just shed a little bit of light on, on what he might have been thinking here. Because I don't, you know, I probably watched the broadcast 
differently than you did, Bags. I was dialed in, obviously, sure. to everything that was being said. John Smoltz, who pitched three Game 7s in his career, 91 World Series in Minnesota Game 7, and two NLCS Game 7s against the Pirates. John Smoltz was the next guy in line in 95. If Glavin and the Braves don't close it out against the Indians in Game 6, Smoltz would have pitched Game 7. That would have then been his fourth Game 7. So maybe a little different perspective because he's he's already done it and experienced it. But right. remember, Ian, Ian started Game 7 of the NLCS last year against the Dodgers, right. so he's had the taste. Anyway, Smoltz on the broadcast is telling Joe Buck, I, I'm – I will almost guarantee you Ian Anderson wants this thing done. He does not want to pitch in a, in a game seven. And Smoltz said, I'm, I'm projecting that on him because I've been in that situation in 95. I was rooting like heck for Glavin to get the thing done because I didn't want to pitch in a game seven. And I thought that was so refreshing that Smoltz, who was a, a historically great postseason pitcher and, and you presume wanted the ball in big spots, didn't want it then. Like you just don't probably as much as we say, like these guys thrive on pressure. I don't know that a lot of NBA guys would raise their hand and say, yeah, foul me with no time left. And I've got to make two free throws to win the championship because we're down by one or two better yet. And I have to send it to overtime. I don't know that guys willingly root for that stuff to happen to them. They'll embrace it in the moment. But I thought that honesty from Smoltz was really refreshing. It is. And I, I know there have probably been times in games where, Guys have been on deck in in the last inning, and they're thinking to themselves, you know, it'd be nice to see this guy in front of me just strike out so I can drive in that winning run. I'm sure it's happened, you know. Right. And it, it's all about the mental makeup of the athlete. A guy, like, You mean to tell me a guy like Jordan, if he was a pitcher, wouldn't want game seven the ball in his hands? But then at the same time, I think about that, and I'm like, a guy so obsessed with winning like Jordan might actually just root for it to be done. But it's such a different type of comparison because he could always have the ball in his hand. And obviously baseball is not that kind of sport. But as a result, I think then you don't have guys who are as much of that mental makeup because of how much of a team game it is and where you really have to rely on everybody else, especially as a, pitcher, a starting pitcher, we have to rely on everybody else in four out of five games. I would, yeah, I'd love to know Ian's answer, but I'd like to know his parents' answer too, who were in Houston. They were there every step of the way right. this postseason. You know, obviously they want, they just want the Braves to win because it gets Ian a ring, right? Sure. Give me, give me the the guarantee. What do they say? Two birds in the hand, or but one bird in the hand is better than two in the bush, or something. Like that. That. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, like, I think you want the guarantee. Hey, you can have the ring tonight, or you can take your chances with your son or yourself to get the title tomorrow night. I think everybody is going to say, give me the ring. True. But, and and he had done his job in his start and pitched well and can hang his hat on that. What if he had a bad outing? Does that change the mindset of all, at all of like, I got to get back out there. I got to prove myself, got to redeem myself. And I want to show that I can be relied upon in the big, the biggest spot. And he, he's been obviously a really good playoff pitcher in his very young career so far, but he has been a standout for this team. And you would imagine he's now a big part of what they want to do moving forward to be because of how he has performed and how in particular he has performed in the biggest spots for this team. But you wonder if he, if he had a bad performance, you know, you get so few opportunities as a starting pitcher compared to others, you know, the everyday guys in a series like that, where, yeah, I struck out this at bat, but I've got three more coming up in this ball game. 
starting pitcher, not the case. Even bullpen guys can can sort of redeem themselves. But yeah, I ultimately at the end of the day, I, I think you just want to win the thing. Yes, a hundred percent. Um, and look, they do this without Acuna. Um, so we, we, you and I talk windows all the time, championship windows all the time, right? They just got open, the ring. You hit they, the window. They open unexpectedly and then they close very quickly. Yeah. Um, Sometimes they don't open at all. After last year's NLCS loss to the Dodgers in game seven, being up 2-0 and 3-1, I thought this, and then the way Atlanta played most of this year, they didn't even go over 500 bags until August 7th. They lose really their best player in Acuna for the year. I know Freeman's great, uh, but Acuna was leading the NL in war at the time of his, his ACL injury. And you just think, well, not going to happen this year. And I said it to everybody, even if they get into the playoffs, they're not going to make a lot of noise. And and look at what they go and do. And so, so now what do you do as a fan? You inflate it. I'm texting my Braves buddies who live down south. Here's what the lineup should look like for next year. Can you yeah. imagine how good we'll be next year if we can keep this intact and maybe we can win, you know, two more in the next five years? You know, you get yourself crazy, and they won't. My guess is they don't win another one for another twenty-five years. Well, hopefully, it won't be that long. All you, all you can hope for in any professional sport is to be competitive enough to have a chance. You know, you want to be. There's an upper echelon of teams going into any season, and you can occasionally get that outlier. Who, who just surprises everybody. You know, the Giants as a wild card team yeah. can, can run the table and take down the undefeated Patriots. But for the most part, going into a season, you have to be in that upper echelon, the top five to seven teams in your league. You generally have to stay healthy. You have to check a lot of boxes. And obviously only one team every year gets to check all the boxes. So it's really, really hard to do. But you can't look ahead, man. You gotta, you gotta savor this one because you know I next am. year I is am, but... so far away, and and anything can happen where you just don't check a box, and now it's like, well, there goes our chance at a, a dynasty. No, you, this has got to be something you savor right now and really enjoy it, man. I am, but the immediacy of a Freddie Freeman free agency, you know, has you th- look. I think here's my here's my just thought on it. He will he will stay with the Braves. Why wouldn't he? Because he'll get offered more more years and more money from other teams. I, yeah, I guarantee. More. I mean, I'll, uh, is money? He's get, he's doing fine. Does, don't you yeah. want to run that back? Look, I, I'm telling you, I he will come back. Yeah, but but if the Braves offer him four years for a hundred, and the Yankees come in at six for one sixty. You're talking $60 million. That's a lot of money. Or the Red Sox. I mean, the Red Sox, I think the Red Sox and Yankees will both be players for Freeman, or at least they should. If they're smart, they should be heavy, heavy players for Freddie Freeman. Um, And then let's see what what decision he makes. If I'm telling you it's not 10 million, 50 to $70 million difference here that the Braves just aren't going to go beyond four years. I don't know if they will. And, and I don't know that you'd go above 25 if you're Atlanta. He's 32 years old. So, again, I, he's going to take a discount to stay. I believe that. But but I don't think it's going to come easily. Okay. Well, yeah. I hope he stays. Even as a Mets fan, I hope he stays. Because when you have the team that wins it all in your division, 
in a lot of ways, you want them to run it back. You want them to be there so you can feel like, okay, like let, let's go. In in years past, if teams have been really good, I'm okay. You know, you want to lose Bryce Harper, that's fine. Of course, you know, they lost him to within the division, so that wasn't helpful. But um Yeah, the Phillies stink. Yeah, but it's like, okay, you're normally okay with like just a good team getting a little bit worse, but a championship team, no, let's leave them out here. Let's see what we got. I like this question for you. Baseball, the only sport where the playoff team with the fewest wins in the regular season. So the fewest wins to to make the, the tournament, if you will, to make the playoffs. 88 was the number for Atlanta. That was the lowest of any team that made the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's hockey. Because, the, so... You're telling me an eight seed. Yeah, an eight seed could go win the Stanley Cup. We've well, that's, seen. The, that's probably the only reason why... The fewest wins to make the playoffs, we know, are basketball and hockey. But basketball, you can wipe that out because really only the top seeds have a chance, unless there's a catastrophic injury. And the answer to me here is football because it isn't a series of games. It's one game each time. So you need to be you need to have a higher winning percentage to make the playoffs in in football. Bags, Bags, I'm just saying this is not fewest wins overall in the regular season the Braves had the fewest number of wins in the postseason pool and they won the title so an NFL team could win eight games but go win a Super Bowl because they only have to win one game at a time they have to and they have to win like four total games if you're a baseball team you got to win what 16 3 7 11 15 games true but my thing with the football is that good math generally 500 teams are not going to go. That's an extreme outlier. I mean, you're talking about like an, I'd say eight and eight. Now it's different with, but an eight and eight team going out there to compete against, you know, a team that has 12, 13 wins in the regular season. The odds are very much not in their favor. Whereas baseball, I mean, you can get a well-pitched series hockey. You can get a ride, a hot goalie. I mean, I think it's, I think it's hockey where you could get a seven or eight seed who hovered around 500 during the year or maybe lower to make the postseason and then, you know, just have a good run in the playoffs. All right. All right. NFL picks coming up here. Um, We will look at the overall standings as well. Would you believe it's getting better? It's still not good, but it's getting better. Honorado and Bagnardi's NFL pick them presented by pick six vodka with our viewer of the week coming up next here on the show. Wondering what to do now that your Philips CPAP was recalled? Dr. Frederick Dreyer has a safe and effective alternative treatment for sleep apnea. Just pop it in and get a good night's rest. Keep your quality of life. Call the Integrative Sleep Center today. We work with all insurances. At Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you. Providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Genair, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. 
Get ready for winter fun at the 57th Annual Open House at Alpen House. Going on now through November 15th. Up to 20% off select apparel from your favorite brands. Ski packages starting at $3.99. We have a large selection of ski and snowboard equipment and apparel with new product arriving daily. Shop our selection of snowshoes and cross-country too. Ski and snowboard leases still available and kids 5 and under lease free. Tis the season at Alpen House, Amsterdam, and Clifton Park Center. Stop in today to get ready for winter fun. And now, your weekly NFL Pick'em, presented by Pick 6 Vodka. All right, Bags, each and every week, not only do we try to give you winners on the field, uh, we we like to give you winners as to where you should hang out and watch NFL football, or if you're just going to hang at home to watch games the way I do. With a little pick six vodka, we like to give you a spot that's good to go shopping. So on the docket this week, bags week nine. How about Swifties and Del Mar? Yeah, juniors, you know that spot. I know you. I do know that spot. Events. Uh, juniors in Albany, near yeah. the pick six vodka family. Welcome, Ooh. juniors in Albany. Tipsy Moose, Tipsy Moose, Tipsy Moose in Latham. Our boy Robbie, that's a great spot. How about Legend Sports Bar? And if you want to just kind of hang out at home, man, go for it. We certainly approve that East Side liquor up in Saratoga. You know I'll, give you, one, I'll give you one more here, too, Bags. One yeah. more to hang out. Yeah, King's ahead. Tavern is a great spot in Saratoga, just because we're talking Saratoga. King's Tavern is a great spot in Saratoga, Saratoga Springs. The Fitch Brothers, getting yeah. it done, man. I love King's Tavern right across from the racetrack. I was going to say, what's bad about this is, like, you name the first one, and I'm like, oh, that's a good spot. Now it's like if I don't say it after every single one, the sponsors are going to be like, you know, you give them an extra thing. and you, Maybe you get a Swifties endorsement out of all this. <laughs> Maybe. They're all good spots. Thank you. <laughs> they are. They are all good spots. All right. Here's the first game. And, oh, by the way, it's happening. We do the show live on Thursdays, people. So if you're watching yeah. Saturday night. You know we were alive, but yeah. but you're still but you're still watching us, and we appreciate that. Uh, so yes, you uh, you have that Back to the Future uh, mm-hmm. almanac that tells you who won already. Um, yeah. Jets and Colts bags. How about your boy? You now have a franchise quarterback with the Jets. I do. Okay. Um, so the thing about the Jets is, I I believe I'd have to do a fact check on this, which I will not take the time to do. But I think every time I've picked them, mm. they have lost. And not covered. Not and every covered. time I have gone against them, they have either won or covered. So that tells us, obviously, here that you are going to go with India. No, you're not. No, no, okay. <laughs> nope. because at the end of the day here, I I feel like they have to cover this spread. I'm starting to like what I see. And despite the fact that this pick will burn this team, yep. I'm not overwhelmed by the Colts. And 10 and a half, I know it's on the road. Ten and a half just seems like a pretty big number for me where, okay, if the Jets win, I'm good. You're going to give me that many points, and that's it. They can win outright, too. So there's a lot of wiggle room here. Win outright or give me up to ten and a half. I like the half, too. That was a big difference here. If this was nine and a half, uh, if it was just ten, eh, ten and a half, let's go. And by the way, our guest picker this week is Jason Polatsky, and he is on the Jets here as well bags will kind of 
I'm not going in order. I don't always go in order. That's the problem. We need somebody else, a third, we need a third person to keep this show organized. Because I would have shown you last week's results and the standings going into this week. And now how do we build up? But I'm already into the games. I'm already yeah. into the games, people. It's not going to happen. No. All right. So we just keep going here on the game. We're all on. We are all on the Jets. Long live Mike White. Here we go. Raiders and Giants. Uh, yeah. Vegas three and a half point favorites on the road. Um I will tell you that my immediate thought on this game was Giants. I thought I took the Giants in Kansas City on Monday night. They got it done for me. That was a big game. That was a big, big game, and I'll show you why coming up in a little bit. Um, But this Giants team is in every game. And and they, to Sam's point about the Jets, they can win this game outright. Right, West Coast team, if you will, with Nevada being West Coast, coming east to play a 1 o'clock game. Daniel Jones isn't turning the ball over like crazy the way he did a year ago. This team, the Giants, will be in games, and I think they have a chance to win this game, and that is why I was on the Giants from the start. Let me add this element now. Ooh, you're on an island. Mm-hmm. Let me add this element now. Henry Ruggs situation. Well, it, is a, it is a week of Raiders players only answering questions about their former teammate, Henry Ruggs. Probably also just having a little bit of a personal concern for Henry Ruggs. Is he going to prison and for how long um, after he was going 156 miles an hour, uh, two times the legal limit and killing a 23 year old woman? So there's a lot of stuff here, Bags, as the Raiders try to get ready to play a football game. I was on the Giants to begin with when the rug stuff happened. I hate to use it as a reason to pick against them. But to me, it just feels like a lot for Vegas to try to overcome. Could be. It's hard to say, though, how a team is going to react to that kind of thing. This yeah. could be like football is their sanctuary for this week where they don't have to go out there and, and, and answer okay. any questions. They can just go out there and take it all out on the field and take it out on the Giants. So you never really know. You're right, though. It's definitely been a distraction, and it could play a role one way or the other. But I'm on the Raiders here. At the end of the day, this is a 2-6 and six Giants team. You're right, they're in games, but they're not going to win this game. So for me, it came down to are they going to stay within a field goal? No, I, I like the Raiders to win by a touchdown. So that's why ultimately I had to I had to decide with uh, Las Vegas here. All right, Jason is on the Giants here as well with us. Third game of the week here in our NFL Pick'em presented by Pick Six Vodka, Saratoga Courage Distillery, the uh, the makers of Pick Six Vodka, and you can find it just about everywhere. Uh, Bills at Jaguars, big big number. And that's all it is. Do the Bills have the Bills had more? Feels like yeah. Buffalo's had more double-digit spreads in their favor than any other team in the league so far this year, man. They, it's like every week we put them up, and it's a big number. Big number. Certainly in the games we've picked, that's been the case, and it's probably it probably is that way. Uh, yeah. So this is just comes down to the number. Are they good enough to cover fourteen and a half? Yes. Give me the bill. Yeah, we're it's all a big number, but here. but I've said to you on this show now multiple times. I made the mistake too early with this team being scared off by a big number. And then they go out there and they're up 14 in the first half. And I'm thinking, well, this, this is easy. They're going to roll by such a big number. They did just barely cover last week okay. against a, against a bad Dolphins team. I'm just saying this is a bad Jaguars team. Now, like bad. it's also on the road, you know, last week was at home against Miami. This is also on the road. That's a big number, but I'm, 
I'm going to say Jacksonville, you can have the points, take them. I'll free, I'll happily give them, and, and the Bills somehow win by 17, 20, something yeah. like that. And it seems like a, a huge number until you're watching the game, and it's the first quarter, and they've scored on their first two drives. Yeah, okay. And Trevor Lawrence will throw a couple of picks, probably. Uh, Patriots and Panthers. This was one of the more interesting games we're choosing this week. It's not the best game on the docket. That one is the Sunday night football game, in my opinion. Um, Patriots, Panthers. New England did what I said last week they wouldn't do, and that was go to Los Angeles and beat the Chargers. I didn't even think they'd cover. Um, But not only do they cover bags, they won outright. Mac Jones ranks in the top 10 of a lot of rookie quarterback categories in the last 10 years. So even though they're four and four, Mac Jones is playing steady football. It's not great. He's not going to wow you every single week, but he's also probably not going to be the reason you lose a football game. Okay. So are you going to tell me who you're picking or I'm taking new England. Okay. We've got a a bunch of games that you and I picked opposite of here so far this week and again people we we don't we don't know them until we see them as you see them on this show Um, i'm on new england jason's on new england give me the reason carolina keeps it within a field goal because they're at home and they're getting points that's enough for you against a team that they're pretty evenly matched with so yeah that's enough for me if it's gonna if it's gonna be a kind of a coin flip game anyway, and you're gonna give me the home team and you're gonna give me a field goal, okay. Give me give me the Panthers. Here's here's my reasoning, and yeah, Jason's the one who picked with us here, and he's yet yeah, bags, you you're on a couple islands so far, man. And and I wouldn't say an island like Maui. I would I would say an island like uh Alcatraz. The one um, in the volcano keeps coming on the people there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Belichick against Darnold. You ever seen that before? Yes. Belichick against yes, Darnold. So are we going to say that Sam Darnold is in the same situation that no. he was in? No. No, He's but I'm going to tell you that Belichick will confuse Sam Darnold enough here. Give me New England. Give me New England. Look, here's the deal for for this ultimately now, because we're getting so late into this with you picking in line with Jason, you're going to need to root for me in one of these games. Otherwise we're going to lose to the guest picker. Didn't think of it that way. Okay. All right. Well, you rooted for the Braves. I can find a way to root for you if I need to Packers and chiefs here. The number moved dramatically. It was three and a half to open. Then it went to a pick them pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. We moved with Vegas because of the Aaron Rodgers news. So it's now Kansas city bags favorite at home, by eight and a half against Jordan Love making his first NFL start for Green Bay. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. This is your game. You go ahead. I made the pick initially with Rodgers in the equation, and I, I, I emailed our graphics department yesterday, and I said, leave me on Green Bay. They will cover this number. I'm not going to pick them to win, but they will not get blown out. I think they lose maybe by a touchdown. It could be four or seven. I think Jordan Love plays well. This is not a good defense Kansas City has. There's a good running game with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. It'll be a conservative game plan for Matt LaFleur. Green Bay stays in this game. I'm not going to be bowled over if they find a way to win, but but I will certainly take the eight and a half points, and I'm on the Packers, man. So this is one where I emailed our graphics guy and flip-flopped. I was on the Packers 
And I said, whoa, 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 wait a second. They're not going to have the best player in the world. Uh, give me the other really good quarterback <laughs> in this matchup to put up enough points for them to cover this spread. So, yes, I flip-flopped and went with Kansas City despite their number that they had to cover going up. And Jason's on Kansas City now, too. All right, Titans and Rams. It's the Sunday night football game on NBC and News Channel 13. This is a really, really good game, but it is missing an element here. Why, Bags? Because we don't have Derek Henry. So yeah. you and I are both on the Rams, and seven and a half feels like a big number, but no Derek Henry. Rams are too explosive offensively. I think I think we're on the right side of things here. Jason on the island, though, here in what might be a swing game. Yeah, I mean, the Sunday night games to me wind up being close games, and it's just something crazy about them where it's like you never know how it's going to go. Uh, seven and a half, I'd be more comfortable if it was six and a half, but sure. no, this this Rams team I think is going to really start to, re, to assert themselves as the dominant force now that we expect them to be in the NFC. Adding Von Miller is huge for them. And this, their defense is going to be really, really good going forward. But I think now, because of that trade in particular, you know, they're if they weren't already, they're being circled as a favorite or certainly near the top of the NFC. Uh, so this is where the a big run really starts for them. I think. All right, here's what we did last week, Sean. You and I are both four and two. Our viewer, though, our viewer bags yes. was five and. One. What? James. What? Get five and one last week. So he boosts that OB viewer number to 21 and 27. I am now over 500 for I not the first time this season, but the first time in a long time. And you had another four and two week as well, Bags. Here's the recap of our picks this week. We're all on the Jets. Jason and I have the Giants. Bags are on an island with Las Vegas. We're all on the Bills. Bags, another island with Carolina. Give me Green Bay. I'm the only one to take the Packers. Eight and a half dogs at Kansas City. No Aaron Rodgers. And then Jason says he'll take the Titans on Sunday night football here. So enough, enough difference that this will be interesting. This will get really, really interesting. All right, I need to take a timeout here when we come back. Well, our NBA Carol as you do that. Okay, Gosh. go ahead. Other NBA super teams in trouble. I couldn't go to a commercial break fast enough after that. Hang on. Get ready for winter fun at the Open House at Open House. Up to 20% off select apparel and ski packages starting at $3.99. Large selection of ski and snowboard equipment and apparel arriving daily. Snowshoes and cross country too. Open House, Amsterdam and Clifton Park Center. Hey folks, DJ with Professional Fire Restoration. And we've been turning crisis into calm for a half a century. Hi, my name is Tova. As a first-time homebuyer, I was proud and excited. Four months later, I walked down to my basement and I was standing in a foot of water. I was anxious, overwhelmed, nervous. I even cried. My first call was to DJ at Professional Fire. When only the best will do, you know who to call. Professional Fire Restoration. Not using your CPAP? Don't get banished to the couch. Dr. Frederick Dreyer can help with a custom-fit device you can't see or hear. Just pop it in and get a good night's rest. Call the Integrative Sleep Center today. Now that's more like it. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. 
All right, Pags, final few minutes here on Honorado and Bagnardi, week nine of the NFL season. Um, but the NBA is in full swing here. Our guy Kevin Herter played well. Um, he had a season-high 16 points Wednesday night, Shawnee, in a loss to your team. Mm-hmm. By the way, th- this new schedule has completely, completely thrown me off. It was only like a day ago where I looked at the schedule and I'm like, oh, man, Atlanta's in Brooklyn. We should be there. We weren't. No, yeah, you're you're all messed up with your morning shift. You got you got to figure something out there. Um, so what? You're going to talk about a super team in trouble? Lakers. Now they yeah. have a three game winning streak. They started two and three. Are the Lakers? Well, first of all, let me ask you this: In the few minutes we have, yeah, are the Lakers a super team? I guess they are because it's sure Westbrook, are. LeBron, and AD. What what kind in your mind? You got to have three what multi multiple time all stars. I hate using the word superstars here to constitute a super team. Yeah, threes three is a good number. I mean, it's sort of an era. It's been an era of big threes. I mean, you can trace big threes but back you, to Magic Johnson basically since Garnett Pearson Allen. It's been a big three league since that team up. But you so wouldn't call Milwaukee a super team, right? No, no, I wouldn't. You wouldn't call Phoenix a super team, no. So I, I as I'm as I'm thinking about this segment, in my mind, I'm like, maybe the age of the super team is dying. Maybe that's what we should be talking about on next week's show. Is the NBA super team dying? No, because here's why: Milwaukee and Phoenix do not play. Neither team competes for the NBA championship last year if everybody's healthy. Okay, and I don't even mean that in the context of Milwaukee and Phoenix. I mean in the context of it feels like there are fewer and fewer super teams forming. The I guess. But those teams, I mean, there's still the favorites going into the season. So, yeah, maybe. I mean, but in the past, though, how many were there really? I mean, when Miami had the big three with James, Bosch, and Wade – they're like the only one. They're really in the league. They're always really one or two anyway. It's just that they're the favorites because they have a super team. Okay. But yes, uh, I'm not worried about the Lakers. I'm not worried about the Nets. Um, I'm really curious to see what happens with Brooklyn. The new mayor, um, the mayor elect, doesn't take over till January, but he's talking about maybe they would change the vaccine mandate at that point. And I wonder if that would allow for Kyrie Irving to play. But if he's not vaccinated, he shouldn't be out there anyway. We talked about this rule, and I know we only have 30 seconds here, but it's an odd rule to me that he would be allowed to play in road games, right, for the NBA. He could play at Boston one night, get the whole team sick, and the Celtics go to the Garden the next night, and they are playing in New York, and they get the Knicks sick. It makes no sense. Neither does this show most of the time. Thanks for watching, everybody. Honorado and Bagnardi on the News Channel 13 Facebook and Twitter pages, as well as on my four Saturday nights.